It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by salon manager, Caitlin Armin. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Likewise, likewise. So a salon manager, tell, where, where exactly uh, is this salon? I work at Salon 1800 in Lincoln Park. Now, it seems, uh, from what I've seen, it's a very high-end salon. Is that, is that pretty accurate? Yeah, I think we're pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. we try to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how long have you been doing that for? I've been at Salon 1800. It will be four years in January. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. one of the things that you had mentioned when we talked was that um, you kind of had changed career paths or course, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense that you had ambitions to be behind the chair and now you're managing those that are behind the chair, right? Is that, yeah. How, how did that happen? So I started in the industry super young, okay. my, uh, 16, that was like my high school no job. Way. Yeah. Shampoo girl. Um, <laughs> like most girls and boys that I went to beauty school with. Um, my aunt was a stylist for about Gosh, she's been in the industry 30, 35 years. Uh, she inspired me to get started. So did that, went to beauty school, worked behind the chair. For five years in, I was like, mm, this isn't for me. I didn't love it. Really? So yeah, I I think I chose the wrong salon for mm. me. And I was... To learn from, work at both? Just kind of the whole environment. Gotcha. And not, nothing wrong with the business at all. Sure. Just wasn't Just wasn't the right fit for me, mm-hmm. which I see now looking back on it. Absolutely. Um, and I, yeah, so I stopped doing hair behind the chair and always said I was going to go back. I started, uh, taking some business classes online, thought that maybe a degree was what I needed. Um, and still with the ambitions, like to be in the industry or I knew I never wanted to leave the industry. I probably didn't want to disappoint my aunt, honestly. Really? (laughs) I remember when I stopped doing hair behind the chair, I thought she was going to be so upset with me and but I knew I was never going to leave the industry altogether. So, I mean, we're still super close and we still support each other. And that's well, you got to be pretty story. close not to want to disappoint someone. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Choice. Exactly. Well, she actually just sold her business after 30 years. She owned a salon okay. um, in Michigan. And Is that I, where you grew up? No, I grew up uh, southwest suburbs of Chicago. Oh, that's right. But... Um, I never wanted to move to Michigan, so I couldn't buy your business from her. I think that's what we both wanted in the long run, but it never happened. But anyways. um, So tell me about growing up then. So so at 16, you get into the industry, right? Um, Where where were you at when you were 16? Downers Grove. Okay. Yeah. And you decided, hey, I want to get into hair. My aunt's in hair. Um, I'm going to pursue this. But then obviously you realize not exactly what you wanted to do. So yeah. now now that you got into the management part, was that a very natural transition or was that something that, you know, kind of brought you back into hair but yeah. still figuring things out? Sort of. So I after I stopped doing hair, I worked at a salon just receptioning while I was taking classes online. I moved over and I worked for Charlotte Tilbury Beauty at Nordstrom. Mm-hmm. Working for corporate was so different because I'd always worked for small um small businesses, small salons, you know, I would say staff of max of 20 or so. Mm -hmm. And working for, you know, Nordstrom, Charlotte Tilbury, it was exciting. It was fun. I worked with them for about two and a half years, learned so much. Nordstrom is just an amazing company. You can tell from when you shop there, when you work there, it's like, wow, it was really awesome. But then I I just kind of knew that I always wanted to end up back in the salon life, back in small business. Mm -hmm. I didn't ever really see myself working at a corporation like that forever, I I guess. So 
I actually had a friend in the industry who I kept in touch with here and the, here and there when I was kind of getting to the end of the road at Nordstrom and Charlotte and working corporate. Mm-hmm. So the timing was great. And she called me and she's like, Hey, I don't know what you're up to or how your career is going, but, uh, I know a salon owner who's looking for a manager. So if you want our information, here it is. So I was like, eh, sure. Why not? So I went in for my interview with Lisa, who is mm-hmm. the owner of Salon 1800. And my interview was literally two and a half hours long. Oh, wow. We just hit it off. That's and awesome. yeah, I think we really, really met at the right time. Mm-hmm. She had owned the business at that point for probably just about a year because she's now owned for five years. Um, so yeah, our paths crossed and we hit it off and it's awesome. I love working with her. She's great. That's amazing. Yeah. Now. I know you have a, a big passion for the industry, and mm-hmm. you know, um, but I've also heard you say things like you want to change the perception of mm-hmm. the industry and, and the way that the professionals are viewed. Tell me a little bit about that and where that comes from. Yeah, so um, a lot of different places, actually. So I think that the beauty industry is so much more than a lot of people perceive it to be mm-hmm. just because a lot of people think it's a fallback plan or a hobby or you know, my boyfriend and I were talking one day about our daughter and, uh, he, he kind of made a joke. He's like, well, she's not going to beauty school. And I was like, "What? <laughs> she could totally go to beauty school if she wanted to, you know, and we got into a little argument about it. And of course I changed his mind. And if she wants to go to beauty school, she will, but that's another story. Um, but, anyways, you just, but you, I mean, kind of side note is yeah. that you just had a baby. I mean, yes. this is your dad is brand new to the world. Yeah. Right? I don't know if this conversation was before she was born or slightly after or why we're even talking about her career because she's not even seven <laughs> months old yet, but it's, hey, it's all right. But nonetheless, congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so anyways, yeah, I think that from what I've seen, especially on the management side and seeing how people can grow and the careers that they can build and how fulfilling and fun it is. I Don't get me wrong. I think that you know, working in big corporations and working in nine to five, like it's great. It's awesome. It works for some people, but the way that people view hairstylists as dumb or, you know, it's like I said, it's a backup plan. I just hate that. You know, I see so many people within the business I work for and people I follow on Instagram and different leaders in our industry. And I'm like, they are awesome. And we need more of that. We need more people who are, ready to come in and stay committed and just fulfill bigger dreams than I think that they have, you know what I mean? Enter yeah. the industry with, I, um, I don't think I told you this when we first talked, but it was a funny story that I thought about after our initial conversation. I went to uh, a beauty school in Chicago to speak to their students and I, I've done it a few times at this point, um, just for smaller classes, like anywhere from 10 to 30 or 40 okay and like to teach them teach them something or yeah yeah. just to go in and talk to them about you know typically what i like to present is how we at salon 1800 um work with recent graduates and kind of get them going our associate program is what it's called like a training program Mm -hmm. and um it's a good way for us to recruit as a business but it's also really fun to connect with you know, the kids in beauty school. Yeah. So anyways, I went to, it was Paul Mitchell in the South Loop and I'm like, okay, 10, 20, 30 kids probably. I'm, I'm walking back and I asked the woman, I'm like, so what, um, what portion of the program are these kids in? Cause sometimes you meet with the newbies who just started last week. And sometimes mm-hmm. you're with the kids that are two weeks from graduating. And she's like, oh, it's the whole school. And I was like, what did <sighs> you just say that? to me? Um, like 125 people. Oh, I've wow. never spoken in front of a group of people that big before. <laughs> So I walked in and I 
you know what I mean? Totally felt a pit in my stomach. I was like, yeah. all right, well, we're going to do this and see how it goes. And I was super nervous. And I felt like when I would look at some of the kids, I was just like deer in headlights. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I doing this right? Do they think I'm crazy? <laughs> so when my presentation was over, I mean, it was like 20 hands went up and kids were coming up to me afterwards. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And I think that that was the moment that I realized like, I didn't even plan to inspire this many people when I woke up this morning and I didn't even have enough time to put together a presentation for this many students at this many points in their career and feeling that rush of excitement for them and just passion for them. That was when I knew I was like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm not going back behind the chair. I need to continue to to go on this path and just see where it takes me. Well, I mean, and, and as you're saying this, I mean, yeah, there is this kind of, you know, connotation or, or maybe a negative connotation, right, yeah. to, to the industry and people are viewed a certain way because there isn't that expectation that you're going to go talk to students, that you're going to have some of these uh, business type experiences working in hair, right? Yep. But it seems like you are. And, and hair, it's a huge industry. It's a multi-billion dollar industry, yeah. right? And so f- for you to have that experience, you know, now um, has that shifted your mindset in terms of, you know, the, the approach you take to your job? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I'm so much more grateful for my industry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in so many different ways. I think that I look at the industry way different than I did when I first went into it. And that's what I feel partially my mission is, is to also help others realize that, yeah. you know, and realize that our industry, whichever road you go down, I mean, there's so many different positions outside of just from being hairstyles behind the chair. It's so fun. And it's like, it's so fulfilling. You get to make people feel good about themselves and look pretty. You get to make me awesome relationships. And then on top of that, if you work hard and put your mind to it and you're that fit for the industry, you make a bunch of money. Like, I don't know what's better. <laughs> no, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I was uh, maybe not so surprised because I think it's more prevalent now that you start seeing it, especially, you know, for men and, and, and barbers, like you used to pay five bucks, 10 bucks to get yeah. a haircut. Now you're like hundred bucks for yeah. a haircut. Like, what do you mean? Like three, four times a month or, you know, it starts to add up. Obviously it's, yeah. it's a lot of money, but you know, the, I think unfortunately a lot of professions uh, or perceptions of the way we view these, these professions are, are based on money, right? Mm-hmm. That, well, how much money can you possibly make? And, right. and we look at things like doctors and lawyers as being more respected because they usually bring in a higher income. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case anymore, is it? Right. I mean, you're looking at now when you're behind the chair, you're not necessarily just making money off of the, the cuts and the styles, right? But also your image, your likeness. I mean, a lot of influencers in the game. Yeah. So it's changing. Absolutely. Yeah. So how, how are you guys, I guess, uh, aligned with that change, right? What, what, what's Salon 1800 doing that uh, is positioning them in that space? As far like, as? Like an influencer more, um, you know, that, that sort of kind of thought leader, right? Like yeah. what is it that makes you guys different than other salons? Oh, Wow. I didn't think you were going to ask me no? that. But so, I'm in, no, I'm, I'm into that question. Um, I think that what we have been and what we are doing as a salon is really trying to make an open space for, you know, you see a lot of different salons, which is awesome, that are very focused on one look or one type of client. Our staff right now, we've got 
18 stylists on our staff and we also do nails and wax mm-hmm. and spray tans and makeup and all that fun stuff but since we're talking about hair <laughs> um, well I guess just I mean the salon in general yeah, yeah so both of that all of that goes together I mean, yeah. it's the business right we've got so many people under one roof mm. that specialize in so many different things that you can't go wrong if you come to us yeah I think that our our team is just we're fun like we liked we just enjoy what we do and honestly that's it, that came very natural for me to say that, but I'm like, oh my gosh, it's on our website. We love what we do is what we say. <laughs> and it is. Website, yeah. It's super easy. It's, um, we're passionate group. We are, you know, we love to go the extra mile for our guests. Um, I would say a lot of our stylists are on the forefront of trends and techniques and, and learning. And I love that about them is that they're willing to, you know, put in the time yeah. outside of work to make sure that they're going the extra mile. So Yeah. I think that although it's kind of broad, we just, I feel like we just make everybody feel good, make everybody look great. You know, <laughs> well, it doesn't matter who you are. No, it's amazing for you to say that too. Cause I mean, obviously it seems like the culture is there, right? To yeah. where you want to go to work and, and you like the people you're around and yeah. that wasn't the experience you had, uh, going into the industry, right? Yeah. I, yes and no. Yeah. I definitely think it's an industry where you, I think you get to know your coworkers a lot more personal. Sure. There are some things that go on in our break room and I'm not calling anybody <laughs> out, but I'm like, Oh my God, girl, did you just say that? <laughs> um, so you do meet, you know, my best friend, I met him nine years ago. He was him and I worked at, uh, the salon that I was working behind the chair and he makes a joke. He's like, you trained me to shampoo and this, that, and the other wow. thing. And I mean, he's like my brother now. And he actually is one of my stylists at the salon that I now manage. So it's That's crazy. Cool. The, yeah, the relationships you make in this industry, I think it's just another another benefit, I guess, if you will. No, that's cool. Yeah. So tell me about the the pandemic. I mean, no. you guys are one of the hardest hit industries. Yeah. You know, and 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 you guys survived. Obviously. Yeah. You know, some things had to happen there, but you know, what, what what's life been like, or what, what was all that? I know you were also in on maternity leave during yeah. that time. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, but yeah, to, you know, tell me, I guess, what you've seen change and where things are at now. Yeah. It's definitely getting better. We're getting busier. I think that people know the salon industry as a whole, but Salon 1800 in particular, we are very clear. We communicate with our guests as much as we can through email, social media, every avenue that's possible, letting them know we are being as safe as we can. Because, of course, in a world where they're like, stay away from everybody, don't let anyone touch you, wear a mask, it's so, it's, it's almost impossible to do when you're in a salon. So, um, so that's been our angles. We just want to make people feel safe. We're very lucky. Our salon is very big and very high ceilings, great ventilation. So all of the things that they say you need, we have, so we're lucky. Um, but a lot of different things that we've had to change our front desk works harder than I've ever seen them work before. And now is that just because of procedures that have to be adhered to? So, we do curbside check-in. So when guests arrive, we are having capacity control. Oh. Give me one. Yeah. It's okay. What's that? Oh, it's okay. Oh, Lulu's. Jealous. Yeah. All right, so so where were we? We were talking about procedures, right? Yes, so, our front desk. So I'll say, is that if you don't mind, I'll say, yeah. um, is that because of procedures? Yes. Okay. So yes. I'll start there, right? Okay. 
Is that because of procedures? Yes, it is. Um, you know, starting from we do curbside check-ins, so we've got capacity control going on in the salon, which we've never done before. So you have to check in via a link that you're texted that our front desk, they're monitoring that. They're monitoring the waivers that come in for every appointment, making sure that every guest has their hand sanitized, temperatures taken, they're sitting in the right spot at all times. It's we do it because we love ever you know our guests. We want everybody to be safe and for our staff to be safe. But it's it's a big change. Yeah, it's a really big change. And, and how involved are you? And I mean, I mean, I'm sure you all play a role in it. But in terms of you know making sure that that morale is up, that these things that you know are being kind of forced on us, and and, and and I get it. But you know, how do you I guess deal with that? How do you manage that as as a team, as a person? Yeah, I think that it's really important for us just to communicate as much as possible, and it's. We, you know, Lisa and I are learning a lot through this. It's especially because there's so many recommendations, not regulations, right? So, as a manager of the business, Lisa, as a business owner, sometimes it's hard to know what call to make. You want to keep everybody safe, but you also need to keep your business afloat. Of course, safety is way more important than that, but there's so much to think about. So, I think that what we're learning is just to be as clear as we possibly can with everybody. You know, we typed up a uh, COVID response from Salon 1800 so everybody in the staff and our staff knows this is what we do if ABC happens Mm. and that brought a lot of clarity to our staff we've had you know unfortunately we did have a positive case on our staff um, I don't know about a month ago and we know we were very very happy and very fortunate that everyone else on our staff was fine but we had you know we had a meeting with everybody just to say, what do you guys want to talk about? What can we do to make this better? And um, I think it helped just communicating during this time to make everybody feel good. Everyone has a different sense. You know, some people are hardly leaving their house and other people are traveling the world because they don't think COVID's real, right? right so, right. Um, and we've got a, a big staff, so we've got a lot of different opinions. So just trying to make sure that our message is clear and making sure that our staff knows we care about you. We want to keep you safe. We want to keep our guests safe. Yeah. And we're doing the best we can. Is there anything, I mean, I'm sure you get a lot of different answers and feedback and, you know, opinions and everything else that uh, people are sharing with you. But is there anything that has kind of caught you by by surprise and you're like, man, I didn't expect that or, you know, didn't think that this would happen because of it. Like, is there anything that that came of your salon, the people, anything just out of COVID that kind of caught you by surprise? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it depends on the day. I think that once I came back into the salon, I, my salon owner and our reception team did an amazing job getting everything going. Mm -hmm. And, but of course, as time goes on, there's going to be bumps on the road, especially with everything that's on TV and spikes that happen. We're going to, it's going to continue and it's going to be scary, but that's why, you know, we just got to communicate because if as long as the staff knows what's going on, what's on my mind, our guests know what's going on. I feel like that's the only way we can tackle it because yeah, yeah there are things that I've heard and I don't blame anybody. Our minds are all in a million different places right now. So no, I think and everyone's opinion is valid on some yeah. level, right? And you look yeah. at things and, and each of us has a different experience surrounding, you know, the, the COVID its impact on, on our health or our family or our business. Right. right? But what, what advice would you give maybe to other salon owners who haven't quite figured out as much, like what would be the most important thing to take away in terms of, um, adapting to the new, uh, the new normal, I hate saying that, but you know, I really know. it's the, the way things are right now for yeah. the time being. I think just being clear with your procedures, uh, is so important 
communicating that with your guests. Uh, one thing that we did recently is we were able to get a list of all of our guests that we saw between January and March of this year that hadn't been back since we reopened and just reached out to them and sent, you know, a letter saying, Hey, we miss you. We understand that times are crazy. Mm -hmm. We'll do anything we can to accommodate you. We have early hours, late hours available. Um, so just, just going back to that communication piece, just trying to make sure that you're being thorough with your staff, with your guests, that everybody knows that you care about them. Um, and yeah, having those procedures in place, I think, is what's been been really good for us. We are uh, Lisa and I are part of a salon owners managers group, and we recently had this conversation. And it was a salon owner, and they said, "Hey, we have our first positive case on staff, and now we think two others may have it." So unfortunately, I felt so bad for because it seemed like it spread in her mm. staff, which is obviously the least ideal right. situation you want. But um, you know, just knowing how you're going to navigate it before it comes up is so just having a plan in yeah, place. Yeah, like, have your plan. Communicate your plan. Yeah. Um, and then you gotta stick to your guns when it comes, because I, you know, it's, you just gotta stick to it. Well, I, I mean, we're all figuring it out. Yeah. So, you know, any advice is welcome advice. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I do think that um, everything you said is, is spot on, and and having a plan in place is so important, right? Yeah. Um, so what's next for you for for Salon eighteen hundred? Yeah. Um. Well. I've got a lot of dreams. <laughs> I definitely want to own my own business one day. I love Salon 1800, so we'll see where things go. Lisa's a new business owner, but she's been so awesome in the opportunities she's given me and the place that she gives me in her business. So, um, yeah. And for me, you know, in the industry, but also personally, I just want to continue to become a good mentor to people. Um, I am growing and learning. I've learned a lot at Salon 1800 and I'm starting to now go from, I'm managing the business by looking at the numbers and the dollars and the ordering and the this and the that more so trying to move towards how am I mentoring my staff to make my staff happier, to make them more successful. And that's where I'm really finding that I, I thrive. I'm a numbers person for sure. And I do like that side of the <laughs> business, but um, yeah, just continuing to connect with, you know, people that are entering the industry and inspiring them and showing them what's capable and just kind of what we talked about in the beginning and making that a reality for for the young men and women in my industry you know i think it's uh it's important and it's fun for me that's amazing well thanks truly amazing and very honored that you got to share this part of your story and um you know if anyone watching or listening out there would love to connect with Kaylin you can do so by filling out the form below and I'm sure she can put you in contact with an amazing stylist or get you started in a career in in hair right yes absolutely (laughs) call me anytime awesome (laughs) well thank you Kaylin for coming in appreciate it and I look forward to talking again soon thank you I appreciate it thank you